50 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday edition. Miller and Condon on your radio. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours, a busy Thursday today. Going to do something we normally haven't done, but after all, it's Valley Dowling, and they will play for a state championship tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. KDSM, I believe, Trent, you told me, has the broadcast yes. of that one. You'll be on the oh, you'll be on .com. I will be to begin, and then we'll finish up here on over-the-air KXNO after Iowa State women's basketball. Good stuff. And then will you replay it for the folks driving home? Yep, people making their way home. Uh, you're getting in your car, and there's going to be a lot of cars making their way yeah, back. You know, I'm used to this making the drive home after the game on Friday night and dealing with all the Dowling cars over the last six years. <laughs> it's been the case. Here, the seventh year, it'll be not just the Dowling cars coming back, but also the Valley cars. Going to be a lot of... I feel like I get run off the road by an Escalade pretty much every single year with all those Dowling people, but no, it's going to be a great time, certainly up there, so if you're coming back, want to listen to the game, you can do that, and we'll have it live both on the iHeart app, kxno.com, and then join in progress after Iowa State women's basketball tomorrow night. Good stuff. Well, uh, look forward to that. I, again, I'm glad that they changed the format, that I think we get the two best teams mm-hmm. in the state, and two uh, coaches I have a great deal of respect for, and Gary Swenson and Tom Wilson, although I'm nowhere near as involved with it as I you at one point, but uh, liked both of those guys a, a, a great deal. So uh, they will play for a state title tomorrow night instead of just that once-a-year tilt, and usually they collide in the playoffs at some point, but they'll do with a state championship on the line tomorrow. All right, start to mention the BMW of Des Moines guest list. It's Thursday. It's Nebraska Day. Stephen M. Sippel in about 20. Don't change the dial. 20 minutes. We're going to talk to Sip. Boy, I hope they beat Maryland. I know Hawkeye fans don't want that to be the case. Well, you I are think. a Nebraska fan. Well, I, I You're am, more of a Sippel fan, I think. I'm, yeah, I'm a Sippel fan. See this one? Stephen Sippel's been my friend. I met him in 1990. I'm trying to think. 1994. Four? Yeah, 1994. I called the races years in Lincoln. Ago. 25 years ago. So I've known Sip for a long time. Uh, and um, so he'll join us at 1025. We'll preview Nebraska, my Huskers, uh, <laughs> against Maryland. Uh, with if they, get, uh, if they get that one in the win column, all of a sudden next Friday takes on a whole different chapter of significance. And then Lee Sterling, who, by the way, he's on a heater. He's on a heater. Yeah. Tell me you had Akron last night. I did, yeah. Oh boy. Did, did you I, watch much of it? I watched a ton of it. Wasn't it fun? I watched a ton of that game, and I watched a lot of NBA last night, too. No, I couldn't change that game for the football. Who I did also, you watch, NBA-wise? I, I watched the RT Wolves uh-huh. against the Jazz. That one was, I, don't I thought, know an who easy won. bet. Uh, Jazz did back in Minnesota two days before they played in Utah. The T-Wolves upset them there. Right, so remember that? The Jazz were a three-point favorite. They covered that one. Niang play? Didn't see him when okay. I was flipping around, but I was I was mostly Maction, like you last There's night. There's only and, one night left of Maction trend, yes. Tuesday night, and then it's kaput for the year. And uh, then I finished up last night with a lot of the Celtics game in uh, their matchup with the Clippers. Oh, As, Kawhi played, right? He did play, and we did, uh, did my gambling podcast with our friend Mark Charter yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He handed out a six-team NBA parlay. The last leg of that was the Celtics plus eight. What was the final? It went to overtime. Oh, no. And they got down five. Uh-huh. And Brad Stevens got a tee. And oh, boy, here it comes. Right. 
They held on, lost by, I think it was four in the end. They covered. And he hit his five-teamer. And he hit it. Wow, good And I played him. it with him, and the other guys that do the podcast with us all did, so we were all texting last night nice. having a good time. Yeah, I just am not, I can't find, uh, the NBA, I just can't Still find no? a place for it. No, we'll get to it once football season ends, but Maxson last night, and I was rooting for Akron outright. Right? I was too, yeah. I mean, who was it? Owen, what were they, Owen 11? And they Owen were 10. Owen 10, right? And they hadn't covered all year long. I, that's incredible. That's the first time crazy. that's happened for a lot of databases going back, I think Is like it? 20 years. That a team has started ten straight Jeez. against the spread losses. Well, they I thought they had a chance to win. And they that did. Was edge of your seat, and then um, just wasn't going to happen. No. anyways, <laughs> there's uh, a reason they were zero and ten right. and now zero and eleven. I'm glad you watched it because I didn't think we'd have too much uh, conversation about it today. But I enjoyed it last night. And of course, we got NFL football tonight with a big, big. It is a big spot. I mean, no I doubt. I got a couple of six and four football teams that are going to collide at seven fifteen on our television set. You know, uh, speaking of the game tonight. I've been a believer in this Colts team. Mm-hmm. We talked before the season. I took a lot on them on the futures. You took a flyer to them winning the AFC and got yeah. thirty to one, didn't you? Thirty to one. Uh, in fact, after they lost a game, I think they lost that game to the Raiders, like in Week Four. It went up to okay. sixty to one. I took a little more taste there. I have them to win the division. I mean, I, I'm all tied into the Colts here. My Colts now is the way that it's going. Noble Burkhead, the well, different, uh, out of Copper Creek, his team. That is his team. Uh, but the, the different team with Brissett, clearly. They are, and that's what I wanted to ask you. If Brissett. Never got hurt. Is this team eight and two? Well, they sure could be. I, I think they would be. I mean, they wouldn't have lost that game to the Dolphins. No, I mean, Dolphins are pathetic. No, I, I, I don't think that's crazy. And where think. he got in the game, he got injured. I think this is a, this is a good foot. The offensive line's elite. Yes, with Quentin, Quentin Nelson, Nelson is unbelievable. The best offensive lineman in the game. Yes, you rarely say that yes. about an inside position, but and, that's what and this he is. was a team that drafted that used their first round, their sixth, sixth or overall, seventh yeah. overall. On an off on on a left guard, and I can remember. I mean, you know, if you follow a football team and your team's got a top ten pick and you're using it on a guard, it's like what a letdown, right? No, this guy is going to his next stop if he continues this uh, career arc, Canton. When it's all said and done mm-hmm. for him, he is elite, and he's not the only one. Looking forward to this game tonight, NFL back on our television set. We've also got Hawkeye basketball tonight, right? 6 o'clock, early tip Big time 10 tonight. Network. It is BTN, so you'll be able to watch it Good. 6-10 on your DirecTV dial. North Florida comes in after hitting, I think it was 21 threes their last time out. Wow, did they really? I don't care who you're playing, and they were playing nobody. They were playing, I think, a D3 school. Uh-huh. They won by like 80. But still, you hit 21 threes Jeez. against anybody. That is impressive. This team can score. It's going to be up and down the floor. The total will tell you as much. Is this the Hawks' final tune-up before Vegas? No, they have one more. They play Sunday afternoon at 4, also on BTN, against Cal Poly. Let me know how that goes, would you? You're not going to be watching that one? No, I don't think so. The Mustangs are not going to uh, be part of your... Part of the dial, 4 no, o'clock. I yeah. will be in Sconson week number 12. Cowboys, Patriots versus Hawks, Mustangs. Yeah, I, um, look, I, I like the Cowboys in the football game. I do, too. I'm, Six right. and a half? Yeah, we're going to, I got a feeling, we taped our media comp show yesterday, and for the first time we got a similar play. Yeah, we, we rarely line up. It's true. Certainly this season. And you're chipping away, I'm falling back to the pack uh-huh. here. After my hot start, Williams has finally passed me in his standings Chris overall. Chris Williams, Trent. Another heater. It's unbelievable. Him and Lee Sterling. 9-1 and one in his last two weeks, I yeah. think Chris is. Yeah. Coming off last year, and boy, oh boy, he's uh, he's been really good. He's found a way. I don't know what it is, uh, but um, yeah, keep it going. Right? Yes, absolutely. Well, well you can, because I keep thinking it's not going to last, but he keeps proving us wrong. All right, let's get into uh, Illinois. 
And Iowa and Kansas and Iowa State again when the schedule came out and you knew that both schools would be having senior day and, you know, the, the bottom feeder, there were certainly of, uh, of, uh, the Big Ten West. I guess you could put Rutgers in the bottom feeder mm-hmm. category, but most thought that Illinois was, you know, the consensus. Find me somebody that didn't pick Illinois to finish last in the West. It's hard to do, right? I don't think anybody did. I don't, I thought, I think it would be very difficult to do, but they've exceeded all expectations. I think it's going to be a game. I don't think they're, I don't, look, they're not going to win the football game. The 15 feels like That's too many. That's a lot, don't you think? And the way this point spread went. Now, the look-ahead line during the summer and throughout the season, I was favored by three touchdowns. Before mm-hmm. the last month, when they upset Wisconsin and won four straight games, they were three-touchdown favored. But what you'd expect, maybe in a shade more than that. Then it opens at 12, and there was an onslaught yeah. of Iowa money. Mm-hmm. So help me out here. You know professional gamblers. Mm-hmm. You know many people, Kenny White, who we have yep. on the program. People like that. The pros, yep. When they they have their power numbers and they adjust throughout the year, but I'm sure they also have you and know, bookmakers appreciate them firing yes. right off the bat because they they put a number up on the board, and if the number doesn't get attacked, you're feeling pretty good about mm-hmm. the number you got. Conversely, if you put something up and there's a rush to grab as much as you can, you know you got to start adjusting very quickly. Right. What's the what's the term they call them? A respected customer. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge player either. No, 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 but it's one of those air quote respected customers, guys that they know that they can count on uh, to use their power rankings because quite often sometimes they're better. Chris Williams, uh, Chris Williams, Chris Andrews is out at the South Point. Uh-huh. He told me this one day. Um, they have a guy that comes in and he does that and he, he's mm-hmm. one of the first betters every week. And then they adjust accordingly. But he's a $1,000 player, which in the scheme of things for them is nothing. Right. I mean, that's like me being a $10 player, Mm -hmm. but they respect his opinion so much that he can adjust lines because he plays early and they respect him because he wins. Right. And he wins. He is, he's not a professional gambler, but he is a respected opinion maker out there. It's great. Boy, I'd love somebody to respect my opinion. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, yeah, I'd I'd like to think people do from 10 to noon, but uh, we'll see. Depends on the day. It does. All right, we haven't got to the 11 o'clock hour. Let's do so now. Cody Godwin uh, from uh, the Des Moines Register. Look, I think this kid is really good on the radio. He's excellent. And I've told him as much when I saw him in the hallway here as I heard him and Emery uh, doing a preview of uh, of, of Football Friday Night one night. Mm -hmm. And um, Cody's really good on the air. So I'm glad that uh, we reached out to him because... Like you, you've seen a bunch of Valley games and a bunch of Dowling games, and I'm going to sit back and learn from you, too. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Cody also has a new podcast that he has started. He's on the Wrestling Beat, as you know, and it'll be a wrestling-centric podcast. Heard his first one that he did. He did it with Chad Leistico after I was wrestling Media Day out of Kroll Farms, which is still so unbelievably cool. But uh, if you're a wrestling fan, Cody's got you hooked up throughout this season. And uh, I might sneak in. Like, you like to sneak in a hockey question mm-hmm. with our last guest, Mark Morehouse, of the it. day. Have at it. I'll sneak in a wrestling yeah, question here at Look, the end. Wrestling moves the needle in this state, no right? No doubt. Uh, so Cody's going to join us at 11, uh, 11.15. Alex Halstead on 11.20. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. We'll recap uh, last uh, our Tuesday's basketball game. Look ahead to Senior Day at Jack Trice Stadium. And then Mark Morehouse, as you alluded to, Trent, about 11.40 as we will take a look at the Hawks' senior day for uh, for Iowa, senior day for Iowa State. I read Mark's uh, game day piece today at thegazette.com, and you know, I guess I didn't realize what was really the impetus of this turnaround, this quick turnaround over in Illinois. And, and Lovey Smith, I mean, he mined the grad transfer. He went big time to the transfer portal, 
And it has paid off in a lot of ways. I mean, they got some dudes that have made an impact. And again, I, I hear it all the time, and there people are 100%. You can't sustain by going JUCO year after year after year. Or same goes for grad transfer year right. after year a lot of times. But Lovey didn't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. right? Pressure was on. So he, the seat was hot. Um, and look where they are. They're going to win seven games this year, assuming they beat Northwestern next week. They won't beat Iowa this week, but assuming they beat Northwestern, and Northwestern is... I mean, they don't have a pulse. No, no. Uh, they'll be uh, Illinois is going to be seven and five. They are, and may find their way to a Florida bowl game and eight and four. They win the, they pull the upset here this week. Then they are going to a Florida bowl game. I don't think there's any doubt. Can you uh, can you pronounce the last name of their top receiver? No, I can't. The I've USC tried. transfer. No, I've tried. I've no idea. And he's really good. I am a T O R B H E B H E. I'm a you're on your own. Torb Hebby. I'm a Torb Hebby. Not even close. Do you have his number? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have it here. That's maybe how. Uh, that's, uh, that's number a, nine. Number nine. Number nine. Watch We're going to look at the nine. pronunciation guide. I'll see if I can do better. Yeah, look, I, that's how I play it all the time. When I when I see a kid and I have no idea about how to pronounce his name, my numbers always work in that spot. Speaking of uh, the. Or Josh, his first name. Josh, yeah. And speaking of the Illini, I watched a little bit. They played the Citadel last night in hoops. I had that. Uh, for a few minutes. How about Bashanis Vili? He's good, is but he really they got sweet. another. They yes. got a five-star big dude. They get, what's his first name? Kofi. Kofi. The last name is spelled C O. Uh, don't, don't do it. <laughs> you don't do it. I, I'm going to call him Kofi all year long. It's Coburn. Is how it you is Coburn. It. Good. Yes. It's not not how it's, not how it's spelled. No. Coburn. Right. It, it has to be Coburn. Yes. That's a th- that's what I thought when I first became aware of him. Um, and I hope this kid pronounces it Coburn. And it is Coburn. Because I knew I was going to call really Kofi all year long. And he tried to come into the game <laughs> in the middle of the game. <laughs> and they got teed up. Oops. Yeah, when you're playing the chuckle. Citadel, you can get yeah, away with you that. Yeah, you're up 30 or whatever they are. Right. Uh, so let's, do, let's take a quick look at uh, a couple of the, because we won't have any time tomorrow. And next week's a short week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the guys that are playing their final games at our two respective stadiums, Kinnick and Jack Trice, this weekend, guys that have made uh, on both counts. I mean, you know, the uh, the entire offensive line for the most part at Iowa State, Newell is the only one, and, and this was an offensive line that took to their senior year for for it to you know to come together as they could. Deshante Jones has had a hell of a career. I mean, a hell of a career with his impact. That defensive front, I'm, gl- I'm not glad Bailey got hurt, but you know what I mean? Right, the, yeah. Um, the silver lining, if you will, is he's going to come back and the blow won't be as bad, or you wouldn't think, but Ray Lima. Who's the most important senior over this run over the last Iowa three years State? for the Cyclones? Whoa. Because you said the Ray most... Lima, and that's the one that jumped out just yeah. because... Yes, it doesn't it show up statistically. Nobody but he just clogs everything up. And you can't run that 3-3-5 three, three, stack, that umbrella, mm-hmm. without a nose tackle that can occupy space, mm-hmm. that can occupy blockers. And if you've got that nose tackle, you have to have a linebacker that can run around it. Marcel Spears has made a hell of a career doing I think that. you can make a compelling argument oh, for him. Been, Trent, he's been he's been a major, major player on this There's been team. moving parts. Uh, the linebackers mm-hmm. have changed. He has been the constant yes. over this three-year stretch. Really, Harvey, Joel Lanning, and, yep. and Spears, this young kid. And I thought Spears, did, with that trio, was the best of them. Braxton Lewis, what he did for this football team. I mean, he's finally one. got a scholarship this year. <laughs> yes. Played all of those snaps 
last year and did so on his dime. Bickham, the, uh, the grad transfer, I don't know if uh, he's lived up to that type of year he's had, but um, Sheldon Crony, not an impact in his senior season, but had his moments clearly early in his career. I don't think we're missing Bobby McMillan, who's come in in uh, 44, has played some... Jamal Johnson? Jamal Johnson has had a hell of a senior year. Yeah. In fact, I think... Didn't he took I ask the leap. Alex? Yeah, I asked Alex early, because he's only... He's listed at six feet, which I hope he is. But we're seeing some guys, and certainly not, probably won't get drafted, mm-hmm. but guys come in and get an opportunity, take advantage of an opportunity. And you didn't get the opportunity because you are 5'11", 6 feet in the middle right. of defensive line. He's had a, a great year. Matt Leo, I mean, 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. He's been terrific. Iowa, on the other hand, I guess you start with Nate Stanley. You have to. He's I mean, the you quarterback. You have to start with yeah. Nate Stanley. Uh, he's had a terrific career. The Paulson twins will say goodbye. Weeding is going to say goodbye. Who else on that uh, offense am I missing? I mean, we uh, Ross, the fullback. Uh-huh. We, we we have some underclassmen, we assume, are playing their final game. Worfs and Alaric Jackson. Now, did they put the... We've seen it in the past where some guys go through senior day festivities knowing, but I don't know if they do so as juniors. I don't think so. Did I- Dallas Clark... I think he might have, and the difference with Dallas Clark, though, is he was he was a fourth-year junior, mm-hmm. and maybe that was the reason. So he was a senior, not eligibility-wise, right. but a senior going through his fourth right, year. Right. Maybe that's the way they do it. If a guy is going to make the leap, you're able to go that direction. But it won't be the case so for Epinesa. It won't be Epinesa, right? won't be worse. But it is for Reef. It could be Alaric Jackson, though. He's a redshirt junior. Okay. So this would be his fourth year. Has he made a decision, do you think? Well, no, but if he, if he walks with the seniors on Saturday, I think it tells the us pretty well. Out of the bag, right? Speaking of that, did you hear Kirk uh, during the press conference on Tuesday, during his opening statement, ask the, uh, the media, don't ask our guys about the NFL draft process until after the season? No. Yeah. I didn't hear that. He, he had a plea to mm-hmm. the assembled media, mm-hmm. please don't ask them until the regular season is complete. So... Was that an issue apparently last year? Because I was. don't remember. Because after the Illinois game last year, the question was asked to Noah Fant, are you going and, to be leaving early? Okay. And it created a little bit more of a firestorm. Mm-hmm. So, they're trying to stay away from that, trying to get ahead of the posse. There's always a reason you behind ask. it, right? Yeah. yeah. You can always ask. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, if, if somebody wants to ask the question, they still can. Right. And this I would is hope, America, after all. Yeah, I hope they wouldn't get their credentials no, revoked that, for asking that's that a, That's such a... Uh, I see that. Why don't they just rip away their credentials asking those type of questions? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. No. That's not the way it works. Not at all. Not the, thankfully. Right. <laughs> thankfully. Uh, so that's coming up on the program today. We're going to get to Stephen M. Sipple. What we have now, and, and since I didn't see you until uh, just before showtime, here today Mm -hmm. and um if you listen to our first segment you can tell not a lot of show prep (laughs) but there never is with us right no there there never is we throw the ball in the air and away we go and that's the way it should be um we have i think right now for the first caller for the very first caller oh and if you want to go to the iowa wild on saturday or sunday your choice for tickets but if you call in and trent answers the phone and say what and you say what did i win Trent's going to hang up the phone. Oh, so you have to know what you're winning right now. You have now. to know what you're winning. If you'd like to win a four-pack of tickets to see the Iowa Wild, your choice, Saturday or Sunday, Saturday night at 7, Sunday afternoon at 3, just for the asking, uh, we will give caller number one those four tickets. Now, whichever tickets that the winner doesn't take, we'll give away in the 11 o'clock hour. Meaning if you take Sunday, then Saturdays will be available in the 11 o'clock hour. But these are four tickets to see the Wild. I'm not even sure whom they're playing, uh, but I know they're in, I'm 
Section 119. So essentially, you walk in the front doors and um, you're in your seats. So first caller right now. Again, we have our caller. If you're getting a ring, Trent is actually speaking with our winner right now. Here's the other caveat, Trent. Trent, can you hear me? Have to pick them up by tomorrow at the close of business day. You have to get to 2141 to pick up your tickets. We will have another four-pack of tickets to, weigh, uh, to give away in the 11 o'clock hour. Whichever ones remain, we'll let you know uh, what caller number one is taking right now. What day did he take? Patrick's take? going Sunday. Patrick's going Sunday. So we will give away Saturday's tickets, a four-pack of tickets, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Wells Fargo Arena, and we'll do that in the 11 o'clock hour. Patrick, way to go. Get down here and grab these ducats uh, by the end of uh, the close of business tomorrow, and I think that's 4.30. Five o'clock. Is it five? Shirley's usually here till five. Okay. Well, um, as long as you can get down here and win them. All right. Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal star, Lee Sterling on a tremendous role from Paramount Sports. He will join us at 1045. Uh, we'll talk some Valley Dowling at 11. Iowa State with Alex Halstead. Iowa with Mark Morehouse. It's a busy Thursday on Des Moines Sports Station. 14 every time. Uh, Iowa State just got a... Uh, and we'll talk to Alex Halstead at 11.15. And he's certainly up on recruiting 24-7 sports. Latrell Bankston, who was going to make his announcement this morning. Mm-hmm. He's a JUCO D-tackle and I guess a highly ranked one. Uh, and he's going to be playing his final two years. I believe he's only got two uh, in Ames. But let's talk Nebraska as they go on the road to take on the tournament. Terps of Maryland. Boys, a big spot. Sip, good to talk to you, my friend. I think I'm the only one uh, in the state of Iowa that really wants uh, Nebraska to win this football game. So there's bowl eligibility on the line on Black Friday. What's the likelihood of the Terps uh, picking off Nebraska? I see the point spread's actually tightening up. Not that that means a ton as to the result, but um, Nebraska can win this football game, can't they? Will they? (laughs) <laughs> you, yeah, you characterized it really well. Uh, yeah, there's there's just enough though. I mean, Nebraska hasn't really earned a lot. Of, you know, haven't earned a lot. Hasn't earned a lot of trust. You know, I mean, uh, I think people it kind of raised eyebrows when I picked Purdue to beat Nebraska, and it was just it was just because I it's just it's it's hard to trust this team. But um, Maryland's re- really struggled at a high level. They've really gone through a rough schedule. I mean, some of it is just their schedule has been sort of ridiculous. Um, they've, they've, uh, they've just, they're in a bad tailspin. Mm-hmm. So you would think Nebraska could go out to college park and what would probably be a, Oh, I mean, it, it's not going to be a rock. <laughs> it's not going to be a raucous environment. No, um, They should be able to put up a big number offensively and, they should be okay, but you know they've only won one road game in two years, mm-hmm. uh, so you, know, you don't know for sure. You know, I, I thought there were a lot of positives to take out of the uh, the game against Wisconsin. There were opportunities there. They moved the football very effectively against that good Badger defense there. But Dedrick Mills, yeah, yeah he, he played incredibly well, well running the football. Looked like Taylor Martinez, um, Adrian Martinez was back. I do that all the time, but uh, he looked like he was playing at a high level still. Moral victories in year number two. Are moral victories enough? Uh, no, um, never. I, I don't think so. Like, it's it's a it is a good question because of the. It's a really good question because it brings up a conversation that has gone on around here this week, and that is, you know, they lost that game by sixteen, and 
but but people were seeing i mean there was a level of okay with it you know mm-hmm. and i understand that level of of people being okay with it because my concern my concern going in was that nebraska you know, if if the scenario would have played out that Wisconsin came in here and jackhammered Nebraska, uh, you know, to the tune of something like fifty six to ten, and thoroughly demoralized Nebraska, then it would, you know, it, it might have an impact on these last two games. But what happened instead was Nebraska played pretty well, yep. um, made you know made three, I'd say, critical mistakes. Well, Sip, one of them, and you have to start with this one because go up seven yeah. nothing, and then the ensuing kickoff gets returned. Yeah, I mean the place was going crazy. The balloons were flying in the air, and boom, the kick is returned seven seven. Yeah, that was one, and and then you know Adrian had that. You you were watching the game. I was. You yep. were watching the game. Adrian was sacked for twenty yard yeah. twenty yard loss when Nebraska was moving deep into Wisconsin territory. Um, that was one of them. So, so but but beyond those. I mean, beside those critical errors, Nebraska played pretty well. And actually, I think probably gained a measure of confidence from it. And the stadium, like it wasn't, you know, the media and the fans, there wasn't this hysterical reaction, you know, which you often find here. There wasn't that. So everything seems to be in place for them to finish strong. And um, I I mean, I personally, I personally, just from a journalist standpoint, um, from a from a Nebraska, you know native Nebraskan standpoint, I really hope they beat Maryland to set up. I do what, too. What is what could be sort of an like you said, Kenny, an interesting Black yep. Friday with something on the line and Nebraska playing reasonably well. Uh, what about Wandell Robinson? Sip, he didn't play last week. What what's his status for Maryland? And then a, you know obviously a short turnaround uh, with Friday uh, with the game on Friday. Will Robinson play or do they hold him out until they can't hold anybody out? They need this one. What's his status? Well, he didn't suit up. He didn't suit up for the game last week, and he hasn't he hasn't practiced. He didn't practice Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and wasn't suited up. So. I'd be I'd be really 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 surprised if he played. Um, the other one, the other injury to kind of watch is Canavai Noah, mm. who is who has ten catches yeah. in the last three games, right. and, and has played pretty well. Now he didn't practice yesterday either, so so and they're, they're really down to the nubs at receivers. So I mean, it's turn, they, they got guys that are healthy. They're just not productive, and those guys have been productive. And they need they need all the bullets they can get. So that's one to watch. Canavan Noah, but I would I'm not even really watching one. I, 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 I'm just operating like he's not going to play. Gotcha. Had this thought pop into my mind. Sip, want to get your perspective. Notre Dame last week saw their long home sellout streak come to an end. There are many people out there that look at the Nebraska sellout streak and wonder. Will that ever come to an end, or is that something that is just going to continue on until in perpetuity? I mean, I think it has a good chance to. I, I mean, the, the Frost hire, the hiring of Scott Frost, um, I mean, it solidified the notion that it would continue. You never – I don't want to act like anybody would take that thing for granted because, you know, the turnstile count at Nebraska during the last year of the Riley era, you know, it was down to 60,000, you know. it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were – that's an 85,000-seat stadium. Right. So the tickets were sold. So it was a sellout. And there's there no, you know, there's there's no denying it. There's no, 
you can't say it wasn't a sellout. But the turnstile counts were getting pretty low um, toward the end of the 2017 season to the point where, you know, you were seeing tickets just left on the ground. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was weird. It was very off-putting to a, you know, a long-time Nebraskan. But, no, I, hey, I think I think it's – I'd say it's – safe, but it's always something to watch and never something to take for granted. How did the extension for Frost go over in Nebraska, Sip? I I mean, I would say other than a, you know, a, a minority of people, mm-hmm. it went over fine. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, the best way I can put it to you is, you know, when he signed his original deal, it was a seven-year deal and everybody nodded in agreement. Yeah, that's He's, he's inheriting a difficult situation. Nobody, I, I, I remember zero pushback in 2017 when when he signed that original deal, seven years. So now they're effectively keeping him seven years out. Um, a lot of coaches, they a lot of coaches are just you know they're kept five years mm-hmm. out for recruiting purposes. Scott's kept seven years out, um, like his original deal. The reason I'm personally comfortable with it is. I mean, commitment's a big thing, and obviously administrative commitment towards your head coach is important, but I think the commitment from Scott to the institution is the more important to me in this conversation. He, had, he has such a high level of commitment to this job that, I mean, I, I'd be comfortable with, with a longer deal than that, to be honest. I mean, within reason, of course, but I don't – it doesn't – He's here. He's here. He's digging in. I mean, that's he's in it for the long haul. It doesn't mean he gets carte blanche. Nobody in the right. world does. But I, I, I don't. Um, he's not going to embarrass the program. He's not going to. It's not going to. If they don't succeed, it's not going to be for lack of effort, passion, and want to. Um, so I'm, I'm good with it. Not lost on anybody, I guess, last night early in the week that Frank Solich set a record for wins in the MAC, right? 75 years old, Sip, still getting it done. You know, it was, it's just, it's one of those things that you look back, right? That, um, you know, maybe if he had to do a do over, or maybe not, you're there, tell, tell us. Is, you know, does Solich and what he did in the MAC, I mean, how's he perceived over there to this day? Uh, it's a comp, you know what? It's complicated. It's like it's like a it's like asking somebody about their marriage. It, it, you know, not everybody, but it, especially <laughs> that's a, that a questionable analogy. It, it, asking somebody about their family, it's, it's it can get complicated, right? There's no there's a lot of relationships are complicated, and this one is complicated. I I mean, I the only thing I can do, Kenny, is just you can only really talk about. It from a subjective level, it's hard to paint a, it's hard to paint a bro, paint that conversation with a broad brush, because there's a lot of people that look at it differently. I just remember, I just was adamant that I, my concern when they did it was, and this just sounds really self-serving for me to say it and, and all that, but there's there's plenty of people that would tell you, I took a lot of shots for for my take back then, and that was, well, you two were pretty close, to, right? Yeah, because my concern was Nebraska would lose its identity and it would lose who it was, and that it that it would ultimately. Well, and I said the words on radio shows. I said the words. It pretty. If you're not careful, it's going to feel like Purdue around here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it kind of does now. I mean, they're same type of offenses. They cycle through coaches. Um, they're 
you know, they're winning at the same rate. They lost it. They keep losing to Purdue. Um, I, I just, and they don't have an identity. I mean, Nebraska's identity since they fired Frank, I'll tell you what their identity is. It's instability. That's mm-hmm. Nebraska's identity since they fired Frank. And that's, that's why you keep, that's why Nebraska keeps getting jackhammered by Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, those programs Nebraska fans used to kind of snicker at, uh, well, they, they have identity. You know exactly what you're mm-hmm. getting, whether you like it or not. Sip, uh, final thing. It is Maryland this week. We touched on it at the top. This team has gone the wrong way after beating a ranked. Yes, Syracuse was ranked at the beginning of the year. A team in week two, 63-20. What concerns you? What what of this Maryland team do you say, oh, that could be an issue for Nebraska this weekend? Return game. The Maryland return game is good. It, they're not a struggle. They're, their numbers on offense and defense are really poor across mm-hmm. the board, pretty much. And But their return game is good. Javon Leak is fast and has been effective as a kickoff return man. He has three scores. They are the number one punt return team in the Big Ten. They have, On kickoff returns, they average 25 yards per return, which I think is 18th nationally. So if Nebraska allows that, that part of the game to get out of control, that's a way – that's a way to get in a hole on the road, and it could be a problem. So I hope, hopefully, if you're a Nebraska fan, you hope that Nebraska's really locked in on that part. Special teams have not been good this year, Sip. I don't have to remind you that uh, over in Lincoln, no doubt about it. Hey, buddy, as we talked uh, last week, uh, Trent and I will be here next Friday, so uh, I'm going to ask you to carve out like 10 minutes on game day morning to kind of set the scene from a Nebraska perspective for us. All right? Yeah, I'd like to do that. That'd be great. I'd love to have you. Sip, we'll reach out next week. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. That's kind of good. You know, I kind of, when we were asked if we wanted to work <laughs> on Friday, eh, really, you know. I was all about it. You were, and then I caught on. Yeah, we're going to pregame it. Now, mm-hmm. I was talking to Ross Peterson uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's uh, They're not doing a show. Well, Ross would be down the down the hall, right? And, and because of that, yeah, we'll be the last local programming on KXNO. But yeah, Morning, Morning Rush, Rush is doing their thing, and right? Travis will be here for that. Yep. I think Ross might even sit in. Then they're going over to WHO from eight to ten. They'll be doing a pregame sound off really? over there, ten to noon. Come here for our pregame. Of course, the game at one. Well, we're not just doing Iowa, though. Well, we'll do a lot of different things. Absolutely, right. yeah. And then after the game, sound off again. It's a busy day for those guys. It is. So we need to put our heads together. I mean, maybe the first out because when does uh, when does Hawkeye uh, when did the the Hawkeye pregame show start? Eleven thirty. Mm, two hours before he yeah, had be eleven thirty. So maybe we'll div- maybe we'll split it up. Uh, Hawks in the ten o'clock, clones in the eleven o'clock. Can do that, no doubt. We can. Uh, and there's going to be other things. There's going to be Iowa State basketball that's going to be going on. Is there going to yeah. be? Down at the Battle for Atlantis, right. so Iowa we got basketball. That. They'll be in Las Vegas. Las Vegas getting clubbed. <laughs> uh, we'll be back uh, with uh, this guy hasn't been getting clubbed uh, at Lee all. Sterling is on a tremendous role Paramount Sports as we program next Friday on the fly here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 on 1460 KXNO Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
Busy 11 o'clock hour. Cody Goodwin on Valley Dowling. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Mark Morehouse on Iowa Butt. Right now, Trent Condon, it's time to talk to the red-hot Lee Sterling Paramount Sports 9-2 and run. Giving out his big plays. They're hitting. He's got another big play coming up this week. Oh, you love to get on these type of runs, Lee Sterling, and you ride them for all they're worth when you're on one. How are you? You sure do. <laughs> it's nice not to have to worry, you know, if you're going to be cutting back on some wagers and right. the calls and emails coming in. So, yeah, we hit two weeks ago, we hit that Illinois game against Michigan State, plus two touchdowns. They went out right last week. We had Georgia. They were up 21 nothing. clearly the right side, and uh, looking to win another 45-unit play. First time ever we've had three back-to-back-to-back weeks, 40-plus unit plays, and if we win this game, we'll be 40 Two and seventeen on our forty plus, you know, plays in our career. So I don't think anyone can match that documented. There's a lot of companies out there, you know, telling you to take this game as a money line. You know, teams that are favored by seven to ten points. When you lose those games, you got to hit like eighty, eighty-five percent just right. to break even. That's a good point. Hey, Lamb, I'm meaning to ask you, what, what's expanded uh, sports wagering in, you know, so many states are now going green light, and there'll be more in 2020. What's that done for your business? I've got to assume it's been a big uptick, right? It's helped, but it's surprisingly, my business is as far as in the states where it's been legal. Like, let's take, like, Mississippi. Only about 7 to 8% has my, my income jumped in, in mm. those states. I think it's going to be the second year. I think okay. next year when... We see the influx to probably another 15, 20 states. And, you know, once people realize, you know, it's, they're not going away, they're going to get paid, and uh, all their friends are doing it. So uh, it's, it certainly helps out. And, uh, you know, I don't mind spending. You know, if ever anyone is considering doing it, I can – don't call me Thanksgiving week. Call me on a, a Monday or Tuesday. be more than happy to take 10 to 15 minutes to explain everything, how it works. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it, yep. Lee. And, and before we do, we always give, of course, the number in Paramount Sports at the end of it. But since you're so hot, let's do it here at the beginning, too. People okay. want to get involved. They've heard everything. Where do they go? Well, you can normally – you have to join up usually for a number of weeks or monthly or yearly. You can buy daily this weekend. So mm. I've got a 45-unit play, and if we win this, we'll be 42-17 on these 40-plus unit plays going back 12 years. So if you want to get this game and my other top four plays, total five plays, just $97. Normally it's 197 for my top play individually. So $97 for five plays on Saturday, top five plays on Sunday, just $55. Just go to ParamountSports.com. As soon as you purchase it, window pops open with all five games. All right. If you missed it, we'll give you another opportunity here in about six or seven minutes to, to get that info. So let's get into this week's games, Lee. And Indiana, who's exceeded a lot of expectations. Michigan's playing their best football right now, I think. Michigan's a nine-point favorite as they head to Bloomington. They are, and their defense is it spearheads everything. You know, everyone talks about offense. Everyone likes to see, you know, teams run up and down the field. If you can't play defense, you're not going to win big games. So Michigan has really cut down on allowing opponents what they can do since that September 21st implosion in, in, versus Wisconsin. So they're allowing less than 283 yards per game since then. Um, maybe a little bit of a look-ahead spot for Michigan, but they're healthy, and their offense is really – Getting it into high gear, they got a couple guys that can run the football. Uh, you know, play calling's been a little bit better. Problem with Indiana, and I've been backing them too, is no running game. And when you're real, just too one-dimensional, I think that's a problem against the top-tier teams. And how about this? The Hoosiers, 0-9 against the spread here as a home underdog. Make it 0-10. Mm. I like Michigan 
34. Going with the Wolverines in that one. We stay in the Big Ten, pick number two from Lee Sterling. The Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions, and I think a lot of people very surprised when they saw this number, 18 and a half. Big lumber if you're going to lay it with the Buckeyes. What did you think? It was going to be 13, 13 and a half? That's, that's where I had it, yeah, yeah right in that two-touchdown yeah. range. You know, you know the problem with that? If they, if they do that, you're going to see everyone's going to jump on the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. trying to get equal action, and they're getting pretty close to it right now. Now, last week, Ohio State looking ahead, obviously, when you play Rutgers, it's pretty tough to, <laughs> yeah. when you're watching film to get excited about playing them. But Penn State also, they were kind of in a funk after losing to Minnesota. Here's what I see. James Franklin, even though he's 1-4 straight up versus Ohio State, he is 4-1 and one against the spread. And his quarterback, Sean Clifford, except for the Minnesota game, has played extremely well. He threw three interceptions in that game. Other than that, 22 touchdowns and three interceptions in all the other games combined. You've got to have weapons to beat Ohio State, and they have that. K.J. Hamler and Dotson, these two guys averaging 17 and 18 yards of reception, 11 touchdowns combined, and they've got a tight end, Pat Frysmith. Mm-hmm. This guy in the red zone, really good seven yep. touchdowns. You've got to, once you get in the red zone, put it in the end zone against them. And uh, Penn State's going to show some different coverages and disguise everything for Justin Fields, try to keep him off balance. And Ohio State, how about this 0-9 against the spread before Michigan? Make it 0-10. I think Ohio State survives 34-27, but Penn State is going to put a scare on them. Mm, I think Frymoose one of the best tight ends in yep. the game, period. Yep. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. It's Oklahoma. They will be hosting TCU Oklahoma, that magnificent comeback uh, in Waco last week. Oklahoma's an 18-point favorite. Yeah, and, and and here's the problem for TCU. You when you when they are good, you just look at their defense and their special teams, and they do the little things correct. But right now, this year, number one twenty out of a hundred and thirty teams in the country in penalties. So this is not a stellar team. Uh, I, I do think OU is vulnerable, but I, I just don't think TCU has the weapons to exploit that vulnerability here. TC also 11 and 24 against the spread in Big 12 games since the beginning of 2017. We don't know the status of CD Lamb here, but Jeff Gladley, by far the best defensive back for TCU, he will miss the first half here because of a targeting call in last the last game. So uh, senior day, I think I think OU will pull away late, 52-31. 52-31, that one for the Sooners. Let's stay in the Big 12. Iowa State hosting Kansas, the Jayhawks. I guess a little bit improved here. Iowa State, one of the most snake-bitten teams in the country. Find a way against Texas over the weekend. Big number again, though, 24-and-a-half if you're laying it with the clones. Yeah, and, and Brock Purdy, number eight in pass offense. Kansas's defense, only six turnovers in oh. ten games. So um, their D is soft as Charmin tissue. They're wearing down. They've got no depth at all. Um, last week against Oklahoma State, uh, you know, the 45-25 run pass, but that's not going to get it done here. And, you know, Iowa State now number two run defense in the Big 12. Number one run D, uh, TCU beat Kansas by 37. So also a host series here. I like Iowa State 45-16. Going with the clones in that one, we stick in the state of Iowa with the fifth pick from Lee Sterling. The Hawkeyes, a 15-and-a-half point favorite at home against the resurgent Illini. Yeah, good effort by Iowa. Obviously, you would like to see them finish and, and put them away, but that's not Iowa football. Usually it's holding on to the end. Here's what, what, what scares me a little bit. They allowed 368 passing yards in the game last week. Now, when you're up big, obviously you're going to play some, some soft zones, and, and that happened. But Illinois, 
Uh, they can move the ball. They've got some receivers that go up and get it, and that could be a problem here. Illinois' defense, very opportunistic, plus nine in turnover ratio the last four games. In fact, on the year, 16 fumble recoveries, 10 interceptions, 26 turnovers, number one in the day's chin. And, and you don't think these Illinois kids want to pay back Iowa. They lost last year 63 to nothing. This is a circle game here. Iowa might feel too fat here and happy from that big win. And I, I just think it's going to be pretty close. I like Iowa 34-24, but I'll take the 15 here in the Illini. Interesting. Well, your game of the week is back in the Big 12. Texas coming off a loss. Baylor is coming off a loss. Senior day in Waco. If the uh, folks out there want more information on Baylor, who's a six-point favorite um, over Texas, how do they get reached? Uh, yeah, it has a feel like a consolation bowl. Could have been yeah. bigger, but uh, still, these two quarterbacks. Uh, remember uh, the situation, what was going on when these kids were being recruited? Uh, you know, you had a kid that, that that's at Baylor, and you know he, he's feeling a little bit of a snub. He wanted uh, he wanted to go there, and he wanted to be their quarterback, and they chose someone else. So, two very similar quarterbacks should be a fun game, should be a shootout. Texas Baylor, just call eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one, and don't wait. Nine and two last week on our games hit our big play and hit our big play the week before. We are on an absolute roll this month. You want to hop on board now is the time. Just $97 all five games, including our 45-unit play monster on Saturday or five for 55 on Sunday, where we've only had one losing Sunday in the last nine weeks. It's all available, ParamountSports.com. Uh, Trent and I are off Thursday, so we'll try and reach out and see if we can find some time for you because we are we will be here on Friday, Lee Sterling. So we, will do it, we will do it on Friday sometime. Perfect, right? pal. Thank you. Good as, to talk as to you. As long as uh, we haven't gained five pounds. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be tough. See you, pal. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com on a terrific role. Trent, I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm assuming Lee's going to be on Texas. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Don't know. Um, but, boy, there's a lot of Texas love out there this week. Bounce back, Bounce Baylor. Back, Baylor, biggest game of their in a long time. The way that they lost. But it's Texas for Baylor. Yeah, I know. Texas can't feel happy the way it went at the end. Right. Tom, Tom Herman got out, coached. I don't have a strong opinion in that game. I mean, I, I, you can talk me into kind of the, mm-hmm. going any Matt, I'm not trying to. I'm just pointing out there's yeah. a lot of people that, seem that, that think that Texas is the play uh, in this one. All right, Cody Goodwin will uh, join the program next. We'll take a look ahead to tomorrow night's 4A championship tilt. Valley Dowling, you hear the game right here on kxandno.com. Uh, we will join it in progress after Iowa State women. And then if you're going to the game, you're driving back from the game, and your team won the game and you want to hear it again, you can because it'll be on the air. Uh, 11 o'clock hours coming up next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.